Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. Um, it's a little bit late today. Um, I ended up working a tournament, a junior high tournament today. Um, long day, but a day where I get paid a lot, so it's worth it. So um, so we're going to talk, obviously we're going to talk a lot of college football in this episode. We're also going to do a, a recap of Texas Tech's game against Georgetown that took place on Wednesday, and I'm going to give you my thoughts on kind of what's going on in the state of the Texas Tech basketball program, and then we'll talk some NFL with the Chiefs and the Cowboys, and then we will end with the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. Now, obviously, Tech did not play this week, but Tech is certainly affected by what happened today. Um, so TCU ends up losing in the Big 12 Championship. Congratulations to Kansas State. Uh, I'm not going to toot my own horn a whole lot because I predicted Oklahoma, Oklahoma State in the Big 12 Championship. But I did say a dark horse team that could potentially win the Big 12 Championship was Kansas State. And, you know, credit Chris Kleiman for building that program back up and you know they congratulations to them now there's a lot of questions regarding what does this do to TCU's chance of getting in the playoff last night USC loses the Pac-12 championship which effectively knocks them out most of the sporting experts, I'll put that in quotes because it deserves to be in quotes, basically think that this is going to, with the, the USC loss from last night, this will vault Ohio State back into the playoff. Now the question remains, who are they going to pick? A one-loss Big 12 team that didn't win the Big 12 championship but got to their championship or will they pick a two-loss SEC team that didn't even get to the championship? And yes, I'm talking about Alabama. That's the two teams that potentially are, are battling it out for that final spot. So it's going to be interesting to see what the committee decides to do tomorrow. I personally believe TCU should be in the playoff. I honestly think they should still be the three seed. And here's why I believe that. Number one, for matchup purposes, do we really want to see a Michigan? If I'm Jim Harbaugh, I'm very upset at this notion that you could potentially in one of the semifinals see Ohio State-Michigan again after Michigan blew the doors off of them. Um, and I think you can also make the argument that if you look at the two losses, who had the worst loss? It's got to be Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State got blown out. TCU loses in overtime to Kansas State. You know, and, and I know I know there's massive, massive disrespect. You know, the Big 12, they act like the Big 12 is like the whack, which is a, which is a joke. Um, yes, I get that we've got SEC Big Ten bias. Bias? Bias? Yeah, I don't say that. I'm not really going to say that word, I guess. But... Again, Ohio State just got blown out by Michigan. Do we want to see that matchup again 
But in addition, does that really garner them to go from five to three, replacing a TCU team that lost in overtime in their championship game? I, I, I don't think so. Now, I'm not on the committee, so and we know that right now with the four-team playoff, which we'll talk about expansion here a little bit later on in the show, but with this, with the present four-team playoff that we have right now, it's very much favors the SEC and the Big Ten because the viewpoint is those two are the, are by far the best conferences. Uh, I I would argue. I don't think necessarily that's the case. I think the Big 12 is woefully um, disrespected. I, You know, top to bottom, the Big 12 was the most competitive league this year. And that's why you have, I mean, Tech ends up finishing fourth at seven and five. It wasn't because you had a bunch of bad teams. You just had a very competitive conference overall this year. And so then the other question is, do you vault Alabama back into the conversation because TCU loses? Again, I say no. This is my opinion. If I was a college, if I was on the committee, obviously one and two is Georgia and Michigan. Um, number three, and that's even, now even if Michigan loses tonight to Purdue, which could happen, who knows? But even if Michigan loses to Purdue tonight, I think they're still the number two team. I would still put TCU at number three just because they made their championship. They barely lost. They lost an overtime in their championship. And I think that's that deserves for them to be ranked higher than an Ohio State team that got the doors blown off of them against Michigan. You know, having said that, I think the playoff committee is going to rank Ohio State number three. We'll end up with an Ohio State-Michigan game. If I'm Jim Harbaugh, I'm, I'm angry about that. Having said that, maybe it's going to be a closer game. Maybe we'll actually have an entertaining semifinal, which what, what was the – I think the only entertaining semifinal game we've had in this four-team playoff format was Georgia and Oklahoma a few years ago at the Rose Bowl where they went to overtime. I mean, they've been blowouts every single time. So – I mean, that would be the only bright spot, I guess, of an Ohio State-Michigan rematch, maybe. I don't know. Um, and then, like I said, I, I think I think the committee will keep TCU in at four. Um, they would really expose themselves as being SEC Big Ten homers if they reward Alabama, a two-loss Alabama team. And put them in the playoff, and I mean the consequence. Well, the consequences would. I mean, there's not going to be consequences because we're already expanding the playoff. But you know, again, you you reveal yourself as well. This is why. Why are we calling it a college football playoff at this point? It should just be called the Big Ten SEC Invitational, and that they play every year until we get to twelve teams. So. I, Ultimately, I think you'll probably end up, and it's bad news for TCU just because, you know, I I don't know if they would have had a good chance, but I think that they have a better chance of beating Michigan in a semifinal than Georgia, and 
I just think probably they're going to get the doors blown off of them against Georgia, and then that'll be everyone will say, well, see, that's why you don't put the Big 12 in, in these tournament or in these playoffs, which, you know, whatever. You know, SEC, SEC homers that are just SEC, SEC all the time, you know. So that's that's kind of what I think is going to happen. Worst case scenario for TCU for Big 12 is they don't make the playoff. I think if that happens, TCU will still be in a New Year's Six Bowl. Um, they, I think they would go to the Cotton Bowl and then obviously Kansas State's in the Sugar Bowl. I The reason I bring that up is – I don't think I don't think TCU losing today affects where Texas Tech is going in a bowl game because I do think both TCU and Kansas State are going to be in New Year's Six bowls. However, what is affecting Texas Tech and and what it seems like could potentially be trending right now with some of the bowl projections is, you know, Texas Tech is, they finished fourth in the Big 12. And so the way that the Big 12 picks bowls is they have a, uh, after the New Year's six bowls, they have a draft system. And in the draft system, what happens is, you know, obviously the number one pick is the Alamo Bowl. And most everybody thinks the Alamo Bowl is going to pick Texas. It makes sense. I mean, I could make I could make an argument for them to pick Tech, but you know, I I, I think obviously that you know they're very, very much enamored and married to that brand of of the, of the Shorthorns, and so that they're going to go to the Alamo Bowl. Um, the second draft, the second pick in the draft, is the Cheese It Bowl, and. That's in Orlando. It's been called the Tangerine Bowl, Camping World Bowl. In theory, Texas Tech should be the number four or should be the, the pick there. They finished in fourth place. The other, the top two go New Year's six. One would go, uh, Texas would go to the Alamo Bowl. So in theory, Tech's, uh, Tech should go to the Cheez-It Bowl, but there's a lot of wind in the wire that the Cheez-It Bowl is going to pick Oklahoma. Oklahoma, who finished 3-6 and six in the Big 12, finished tied for ninth place, 6-6. Six and six, three. So again, 3-6 and six in conference play, lost to Texas Tech, finished tied for ninth place. The Cheez-It Bowl is going to pick them over Texas Tech because of this whole branding malarkey garbage. It's bull. I think that's utter bull to me that that the Bulls would do this. You know, Brett Yormark needs to push his weight around and say, no, we're, we're not going to reward a team that went three and six and finished tied for ninth, especially a team that is leaving our conference with a better bowl bid than a team that's staying. But I think it's going to happen. Um, oh, I mean – this is this is classic Soonerism. They're going to sneak in and cheat their way to a better bowl game. Also, I got I got to go on another rant with Oklahoma because they had a moron reporter this week repeat the often re, often 
circulated lie about tech fans throwing batteries. There has never been any video evidence. And, I mean, we're in the age of everybody has a phone. There's cameras everywhere at these tech games because they're always televised. And there has never been a single bit of evidence to show Texas Tech fans throwing batteries at play at, at, at players. But yet Bob Stoops, he started this lie years ago, big game Bob, about, te- about Texas Tech fans throwing batteries, and this lie continues to stick. It's like the Russian dossier. It just sticks. <laughs> so Oklahoma... You're a bunch of crybabies. You lost last week. And also, the field goal that you kicked wasn't good. I know with your Oklahoma education, where you can't even spell the word Oklahoma, and you have the lowest graduation rates of any university in the NCAA, maybe you don't understand how a field goal works, but the field goal has to go through the uprights to be good, Oklahoma. And it wasn't good. So no, you weren't cheated like you've cheated people for years. But by golly, you're going to vault Texas Tech and go to this to the Cheez-It Bowl to go to Orlando just because you have a weird paperclip looking logo on your helmet? It's malarkey, to quote Joe Biden. It's malarkey <laughs> that this is going to happen. So... Texas Tech's gonna get get screwed here, um, but here's here's the good news. Um, and, because here's the thing, I I I just I just ranted about the Okies, and I'm done. I'm done ranting about them because what it looks like is going to happen to Texas Tech is Texas Tech's gonna end up in the Texas Bowl in Houston. Um, you know, and I don't I don't understand. I've I've seen fan sites. I've seen fans griping and complaining about going to the Texas Bowl. Number one, I'm not going to complain about any bowl because Tech's been in the desert for a, for almost a decade and just getting to a bowl's been a miracle. But but number two, here here's what I don't understand is I think it's still a win for Tech to go to the Texas Bowl. I, I, they deserve to go to the – don't get me wrong – they deserve to go to the Cheez-It Bowl, and I think it's a, a travesty that they're not getting their Cheez-It Bowl bid. But you can't focus on the negative or you're just an idiot like Oklahoma. Um, so I think there are some bright spots about the Texas Bowl. I think you will have a massive amount of fans that will show up in Houston. We've seen that before. Texas Tech has a great alumni base in Houston. You also have a great alumni base in uh, you know, Dallas, only four hours away. It's It'll be during the holiday season. I think it's more doable to get a bunch of fans there. And I, and I do think some of the matchups that you might get at the Texas Bowl are intriguing. Um, I've seen projections where you might play Arkansas. I love playing Arkansas. I love beating Arkansas. I've seen projections where you might play Ole Miss. That would be a fun one too. You're playing Lane Kiffin. Um, Tech and Ole Miss have Tech and Ole Miss have had some great matchups in bowls through the years. You know, we owe them for the Cotton Bowl back in 2009. We owe them for beating the pants off of us uh, in Cliffs last year. So uh, 
I think that that could potentially be a great matchup, but I'm disappointed. I think the Cheez-It Bowl could have been a great matchup for Tech as well. You know, you could have either played North Carolina, so you're playing Mac Brown again. You could have played Clemson, a national brand. There were even projections where Tech was playing Notre Dame. I would have loved to play Notre Dame and beat them. So it's disappointing um, that, you know, the team with paperclip logo on their helmet is going to probably vault you, but it is what it is. The best thing Tech can do is to go into their bowl game at the Texas Bowl and blow the doors off whatever SEC school they get to play. And I think they got I think they do have a shot of doing that. So hopefully that'll happen. And you know, again, wherever they're going, this has been a great season. Credit Joey McGuire, credit the team for what they've been able to accomplish. So other college football thoughts. Um, obviously the big news this week is it is official. The college football playoff is expanding to 12 teams starting in 2024. This is great news for a team like Texas Tech because in this current system, it was pretty near impossible to make the playoff as as we've seen with the discussion with, with uh, TCU. And Make no mistake, the only reason TCU, I think, even still has a potential to go to the playoff is because teams like Alabama and Tennessee and Clemson have two losses. And the the committee has never put a two-loss team into the playoff. Now, they could this year. I, 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 you know, I could see them doing it, but I think, again, they're, they're exposing themselves to a lot of criticism if they choose to do that. Um, but anyway, yeah, this this 12-team playoff, this is good news if you're Texas Tech. You have probably for the first time in your program history, you have a probably your best chance to go to the playoff. And if you're in the playoff, you got a shot at a national championship in football. Um, the last two Big 12 champions have been Baylor and Kansas State. TCU has played for a Big 12 championship. Oklahoma State's played for a Big 12 championship. There is absolutely no reason that you cannot be a team that not only makes it to a Big 12 championship game, but wins a Big 12 championship game. You are your peers, and your peers to me are Oklahoma State um, for sure. I don't view, honestly, TCU, Kansas Kansas State, Baylor as necessarily your peers. I think you have better resources than than them. You've just spent a whole decade wandering the desert the last few years, and... You know, you, I think you now are in a position that you could potentially get yourself to a, a get yourself to a Big Twelve championship, uh, Big Twelve championship game, and become a Big Twelve champion. I mean, you were almost there this year. You beat Kansas State October first. You would be playing for the Big Twelve championship. It was that close. So, bottom line, I think the twelve team playoff is great news for Texas Tech. Now, what's going to be interesting to see? Is is this the lifeboat? Is this the life preserver that saves the Pac-12? 
because the way that the system is set up is you're going to have six automatic qualifying bids for conferences. So obviously, if you you know you you count, I mean, I know if you're from Oklahoma, you can't count, but you know if you can count, obviously it's going to be the Big Ten, the SEC, the ACC, the Big Twelve, the Pac-12. That's five, and then probably they will either. I think probably what they'll do is not the AAC. Uh, exclusively, but they might have where it's just one of the group of five would would be the whatever the highest group of five in the rankings. Their automatic bid uh, is potentially what you might see. I'm I'm not sure. Um, so anyway, that does preserve the Pac-12. I think now potentially, you know, if the if the television numbers are terrible in the Pac with the Pac-12. You know, you still could see teams jump ship and you could reduce it to four automatic qualifying bids, Big 12, Big 12, Big 10, SEC, ACC. That's potentially true as well. I think they're still working through a lot of the the key details of all of this going on with the um, with the expansion of the playoff. So that'll be interesting to watch. Other kind of interesting thoughts this week. Um, I'm keeping my eye on the Cincinnati job that's open. It'll because they are coming to the Big Twelve. Um, who's going to come in and replace them? That'll be interesting to see. Having said that, the other big story it looks like Deion Sanders is going to go to Colorado. Uh, that's an interesting hire to me because. I, I thought Dion would go to a flashier place, but potentially future Big 12 member in Colorado. I don't know. We'll see. That'll be fun to watch. So let's kind of switch gears and we're going to talk about Texas Tech basketball. They they did here's the good news. Wednesday they did defeat Georgetown in the Big 12 Big East Challenge. The bad news was they blew an 18 point lead. To get there and almost lost. I mean, it was one of these, unfortunately, one of these things that we have seen before from Texas Tech where they just, they had a brownout offensively for a very extended period of time. And you ended up, um, I mean, Georgetown went on a run and credit them and they almost won. And, you know, credit Pop Isaacs. I thought Pop, Pop Isaacs made some key shots that really helped you to to get the win but you know just uh just on observations one of your biggest problems if you're Texas Tech right now is you're not getting enough out of your bench your bench is is not producing the way it should and you've got just from on observations you're starting 5 Overall, it's pretty solid. I know Kevin O'Banner's having his struggles, but I fully expect that he'll right the ship, and you know he'll you know he'll get himself um, back to where he was back in March. It might take till March to do that, but you know he he'll be fine. Um, Jalen Tyson had a great game on Wednesday against Georgetown. Pop Isaacs, I believe, is continuing to improve every game. Daniel Bacho is Daniel Bacho. He's, I mean, he's a beast. He's been a beast all, 
all year long. Um, Davion Harmon, another one giving you giving you great minutes, obviously. But you know your bench has got to produce better, and you've got some good players on the bench. Uh, you know, I think Jennings is a great player. We've seen flashes from Jennings. Washington, I think, is a great player. We've seen flashes from him. Um, you know, the one KJ Allen, uh, who we haven't seen in a while. Early on, you know, the early first few games, I thought he did did a pretty good job coming in and and getting giving you a few, you know, some good quality minutes. You know, uh, Demarion Williams, Elijah Fisher, I think, are the two that you want to see more from that you're that you're not seeing. Uh, also, the same with Walton. Walton, um, I, I, you want to see more from him as well, and you haven't seen it yet. But yeah, you definitely want to see more from him. Um, the big question is going to be Amac. When is it? When is Amac coming back from this injury? I think the sooner the better for Tech. I think you you've got to. It'll be interesting to see what the, what the lineup will look like. Is he going to eventually get himself into the starting lineup? And does that mean Bacho goes to the bench? Do you p- play both of them? I don't think you play both of them, but I guess you could do that. Do like a David Robinson, Tim Duncan thing. Um, that will help with the bench issues, I think, obviously, because either a Mox or I keep calling him Amac. Amac uh, comes off the bench and, and you know is going to be a beast. Or you know, even if you have to move Bacho back to the bench, you know that's that's a quality bit. Someone who's a starter playing coming off the bench for you, I think that would be a, a good thing as well. So. A lot of people pushing the panic button on this Texas Tech basketball team. It's it's going to be a, it's going to be a struggle, I believe. The these these uh, first few months, and you know, even um, from the outset of the Big Twelve uh, conference season, you know, you open up early on with TCU in, in Fort Worth. You play Kansas early on. You play Iowa State early on. I mean, I mean, we know how the Big Twelve is. It's it's a it's a daunting journey. Having said that, I think this team has got the talent to gel together and, and, and put themselves in a great position, obviously, to have a good seat in the NCAA tournament and maybe get yourself to that second weekend of the NCAA tournament. I think you have the talent. It's just a matter of, is the talent going to gel? And we'll just, we're just going to have to continue to keep an eye on that. Um, you know, re- the rest of your non-conference season, I mean, you're playing teams that you should easily blow out. That's kind of unfortunate. You would like to get maybe a maybe a, a couple more tests before the Big 12 conference season. But, you know, it, it is what it is, and you're just going to have to – I mean, it's the schedule you got, and you're going to have to, you know – kind of learn on the fly once conference starts. But I think you, this also gives you an opportunity to hopefully maybe build up some confidence in your bench where they can be a, an effective tool once the Big 12 starts, Big 12 conference play starts, because I think you've got to have that. So a couple of other thoughts on college basketball and, 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 and really the two big things I want to talk about, is, two unfortunate things I think, is – it sounds like both the Big 12 Big East Challenge and the Big 12 SEC Challenge are going away. I think it's unfortunate. Obviously, it's not. It's unfortunate for Tech because those are two games typically on your schedule 
where you're scheduling a, a higher opponent. Now, this year with Georgetown, I don't think that's the case. Um, LSU, we'll see what that looks like. Um, but I think that it's a shame that those are going away. The Big 12 SEC Challenge one going away, that one is not as surprising because I think it's all about network issues. And you wanted ESPN obviously was going to have to do away with the Big Ten um, ACC Challenge because they are not airing any Big Ten games anymore in a few years because of the you know television deals. Big Ten is going to be exclusively on Fox. And so you're going to pair up your your two. And again, this exposes where you're at in the pecking order with ESPN. Um, you know, and I know you're staying with ESPN, your your ESPN and and um, and Fox. But you're, I mean, you're third in the pecking order on uh, with ESPN. And so, you know, they're going to pair up the SEC and the ACC. I think there's potential, and a couple things with this. I think there's potential that. You can maybe have a partnership with the Big Ten and have your have a Big Ten, um, Big Twelve challenge because you're both going to be on Fox. I think what this really tells you, if you're Brett Yormark in the Big Twelve, is you really want to cultivate and grow your relationship with Fox, which part of the television deal does. I mean, you're going to start to see um, college basketball games on Fox from the Big Twelve as well, um, a lot more of them you know, moving forward with this television deal. You know, uh, the Big 12 Big East one, that one is baffling to me. Maybe that's an maybe that's an issue of <laughs> the Big 12's potentially raiding <laughs> the Big the Big East, which yeah, I mean if if the rumors are true that you're trying to get Gonzaga, that that could be headed in that direction, I'm not sure, but um I think it I think it is a shame that 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 is going away. So all right, we're going to shift gears one more time. We're going to talk about the NFL. And Chiefs won last week. Again, Mahomes did Mahomes things. <laughs> um, the Chiefs did Chiefs things. Obviously, we talked about the Cowboys last uh, last on last Saturday's episode. Um, so we've got the Chiefs, great afternoon game tomorrow, Chiefs versus Bengals. The Bengals have started to come back strong and started to put together something kind of like they did last year. And they're really positioning themselves um, to get themselves into the NFC North division title. Part of that is Baltimore's helping them out by just, I mean, they're playing terrible football right now. Um, so this is going to be, a, this, this gonna be a, a fun game to watch tomorrow. This is an opportunity for hopefully Kansas City to get this Bengals monkey off their back. And the Bengals have won two in a row against Kansas City. And really, they I mean, they a lot of it was they capitalized on on mistakes by Patrick Mahomes and and got themselves a win. So we'll kind of see what happens. Should be a good game. The Cowboys are gonna play the Colts tomorrow night. On paper, it would seem to suggest the Cowboys win, but Never underestimate the power of the Cowboys to lay a big fat egg on the field against inferior teams. So we'll we'll watch, we'll see what happens. Um, I do have to, I do want to say, and this might be one of the most controversial topics that I get into. 
on the Chris Carpenter show, but it's it's really irritating me. And that is this whole Jerry Jones controversy about the picture of him from 1957 and, you know, this attempt to label him, well, he's some sort of racist because he did that. Uh, first of all, if you look at the picture, he's 14 years old. It looks like a crowd has gathered. He is not even in near the front where the people on the front are, you know, obviously trying to intimidate the African-American students that are trying to go to school. He's in the back. It looks to me like he he's not sure what's going on. And, you know, I teach in a middle school, and so I know how things work. When there's any sort of controversy, a fight, people yelling, anything, the first inclination of most students is to gather around whatever the car wreck that's happening in the hallway is happening. <clears throat> that's what I think ha- is happening in the picture. So I don't, I do not think Jerry Jones was trying to block them from showing up to school. So that's number one. Uh, number two, it was over 65 years ago and People, I mean, I, I literally, I've changed from a year ago. So I'm sure 65 years ago, someone is not the same person in, in their heart that they were 65 years ago, 65 years ago. But, you know, it, it, and it, this, this got the, this got the LeBron, you know, LeBron who sees racism under every, under every boulder. And, you know, he has to always mouth off chairman LeBron, which he, the only thing he doesn't ever bring up is anything having to do with the Chicom government and I certainly didn't hear him say anything this week about what's happening to protesters in China that's more outrageous than a 65 year old photo LeBron but you do you you have you are single-handedly responsible for the NBA ratings going down the toilet because of what you because of all your little stances so anyway, I just I don't I am not a Jerry Jones fan by any stretch of the imagination. I think it is ridiculous that the Dallas Cowboys haven't even been able to get to an NFC Championship game in 26 years. That to me is inexcusable with the resources that you have. And to me I lay that at the feet of Jerry Jones. Having said that, I think this whole controversy is ridiculous and stupid, and it's an ESPN LeBron James produced creation controversy. So, anyway, soapbox dismount. <laughs> All right, we're going to go ahead and take a break, and then when we get back, it'll be time for the Chris Carpenter tip of the week. And welcome back to this week's edition of the Chris Carpenter Show. It is now time for the Chris Carpenter Tip of the Week. And this week's Tip of the Week, I I used this Tip of the Week this time last year, but I'm going to use it again because I am such a big believer in this event. And next week, if you live anywhere in West Texas, Lubbock area, obviously, I mean, even Midland, it's not that far of a drive, you need to go to the... Christmas at the Ranching Heritage Center. It's called Candlelight at the Ranch. 
It is on next is next Friday, next Saturday, starting at six o'clock. I believe it goes from six to nine. Um, it is it's a, it's become a Christmas tradition for me to go to this. It is one of my favorite things. It makes it certainly puts me in the Christmas spirit, and just I love it. Basically, it you get to be transported into the how people celebrated Christmas in the 1800s out on the ranch. They have singers. They have people that are role playing as pioneers out in this part of of Texas, West Texas. And, you know, they, they do kettle corn, they, they serve hot cider, there are choirs out, there's usually a cowboy band doing Christmas music, and it, it's, I just, I love it. I, I can't wait for it every year when they didn't have it two years ago because of COVID. Um, it was very sad to me, but got to go back again this year, and then certainly this year everything is back together um, away from this COVID stuff. So... Go to the candlelight at the ranch. If you've never been, it, you're not going to regret it. So candlelight at the ranch at the Ranching Heritage Center starts at 6 o'clock Friday, this Friday, and then it'll also be open next Saturday. I do plan on recording next week. Um, I'm not sure when, when I will. We'll just do a normal, regular recording time, and then I will uh, – um, and then we'll we'll talk kind of what our schedule is later on. Anyway, I will see you all next week for The Chris Carpenter Show.